Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey there, this is Straight Talk, No Sugar Added. I am your host, Nina Perez, and we are here to discuss life topics to challenge and transform your thinking. Let's do this. Today, I have Tamar here, and she is the founder of The Road Forward and the host of The Road Beyond Recovery podcast, where she draws from her experience of almost a decade of working with others in recovery. Tamar is a neuro change practitioner, a life coach, a best-selling author, and a supporter of entrepreneurs in recovery. And I'm so glad you are here, Tamar. I mean, we connected so well from the first moment. So thank you for taking the time today to be here with me. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. It's exciting to chat again. Yeah, it really is. And I know this is going to get really, really good. So before we get started, why don't you let my audience know a little bit more about who you are? Absolutely. So I'm a neurochange practitioner, a performance consultant, a life coach, um, kind of a jack of all and an author. And uh, my focus is really to help entrepreneurs in recovery master their mind so they can grow their okay. business and leave authentically fulfilled lives because that is what changed my life was learning to be very authentic, to be vulnerable, to share my story. And as a result, I discovered my purpose and that has led me to doing what I do today. And that's really just, I'm on a mission to help people. Isn't that great? I mean, and that's what I wanna to touch on too. Like, you know, what is it that you actually went through or overcame that puts you in this position today? Because that's one thing I love about podcasting, right? And I love about what, what you're doing and what I'm doing is that we're trying to like get people's stories so that we can show people that they can become unstuck, right? That there's a way forward. Um, so why don't we take it back a little bit if you don't mind? And I'd love to know your journey 
you know, as to why, you know, what you're doing today, how you became the life coach that you are today, um, and what you went through to get there. Absolutely. So I always start off by sharing that I have, I had an amazing upbringing. And I share that because there's always this stigma with people who fall into addiction that they have had to have gone through some traumatic, horrible right. upbringing. And for me, that wasn't the case. Now, addiction runs in my family. It skipped my parents. So they were very lucky with that. Um, but I grew up with a very loving family. And, you know, my dad, uh, when I was about eight years old, decided that he wanted to chase his dream. And that's why he's always supported me in doing the same. But we started moving around a lot. And I was at that age where, you know, I had to, you know, make new friends all the time. We went to different schools. And I, I, get, I you know, developed these insecurities of not feeling like I fit in, right? I didn't think I was pretty enough. I wasn't as skinny as the other girls. And so when I got into high school, I really had no idea who I was. And, you know, I always compared myself to other people. I also mm -hmm. developed perfectionism because my dad, anything that I did, and I knew he did this out of love, but, you know, I thought I did really good. And he'd be like, you can always do better. You can always do better. Right. And so yeah. perfectionism, people pleasing developed Well, I found my solution at the age of 14 and I got drunk for the first time and my whole world changed. I fell in love. My world went from black and white to color. And, you know, I had had sips of alcohol before that. It wasn't taboo where I was born in uh, Europe. Um, and so, of course, in Europe, they drink much younger than we do <laughs> and here in North America. Um, but something different happened inside of me. I love the feeling that alcohol gave me. And, you know, most people when they drink and mm. they start to get that buzz, they feel out of control. But for me, it was the complete opposite. You know, I felt oh. in control. I felt like this confident, charismatic person that I thought everybody wanted me to be, right? And from that time on, I basically just lived this numbed out life. And I realize now today after, you know, doing all this personal development that it was my inability to handle my emotions, mm. why I turned to other substances. And, you know, in my mid twenties, I actually turned to harder drugs because for me, it was anything mind altering that I would put in my body, anything wow. that got rid of the feelings or emotions I was feeling, I would consume. And so I got into a very dark period in my life and it was very difficult to get out of. It also led me into codependent relationships with another addict, which ended up in assault. You know, I, I ended up having such low self-esteem and being incredibly suicidal because I thought, how can somebody that loves me beat me up, right? And so this is kind of how my life went until I decided, well, you know what, I'm going to do what society tells me to and I'm going to get married because that is going to fix everything. Right. And I married an alcoholic, right? And I continued to drink. Now he was very firm with, listen, you got to let go of the harder drugs. I'm not going to tolerate that. But you know, that whole time, I never knew that I had a problem with alcohol because I was fairly functioning after I had given up the harder drugs. And so I just lived life that way for a very, very long time until about the age of 36. Wow, that's a, and that's a long span. And you touched on a lot of really important things there. And I'm glad you did, especially the one where, you know, you grew up in a loving family. 
because you're right. There is a stigma around that, right? People automatically go to the negative. Oh, they must have been abused. Oh, they must have a horrible family life and whatever have you. But the truth is, is that these things can happen to anyone. And that's what needs to be said, right? It can happen to anyone. I used to be in the medical field for 15 years. I was a, a medical assistant, an ultrasound technician. And I had very wealthy, well-off moms coming in for Percocets all the time. You know what I'm saying? And and people would think, oh, no, not not them. Oh, yeah, them too, because they're human beings. And, and when you're a human being, you're susceptible to all of that, right? It's very interesting to me, too, that when you started drinking, you saw color. Isn't that something? Yeah. So, wow, that, that's really deep, right? Because, I mean, you're, I mean, that is exactly why, well, not exactly, but that is a, a reason why most people do drugs or drinking. Because it takes them to a place where they can loosen up. You don't have to be so perfect. Mm -hmm. Right? Wow, that must have been a really life uh, altering thing for you. Because I, I'm just like picturing you as a, you know, as a 14 year old just going through this experience. And, and when we're 14, we're not fully developed either. So you think that you know what you're doing and you think you can handle it because you know, when we're that age, we're invincible. Nothing can harm us. Right? Mm -hmm. When yeah. did you actually have to leave home? Or did your parents ever even find out that you were drinking at that age? Uh, they knew I was drinking at that age, but I hit it fairly well. Uh, for the most part, my dad traveled a lot, which was a bonus for us. And my mm -hmm. mom was always very enabling. Um, she wanted to be the best friend, the the mom that came and hung out with us and stuff. So I got away with a lot. And, Bye. you know, to her credit, she took over and she was at home all the time with my brother and I. And so she took good care of us. But you know, when um, my dad actually left at the age of 18, because there was always this tension between my mom and dad, he was this dreamer, he wanted to chase his, his dreams. And my mom always just wanted to kind of settle, you know, she wanted the house, she wanted the solid, stable life. And that wasn't my dad. And so of course, after that happened, because I was so close to my dad, I got really resentful towards mm -hmm. my mother. Mm -hmm. And so when I left home at the age of 18, that's when things really started to progress, right? I, I sought out relationships because that that made me worthy, that made me loved, right? So I'd go from from man to man, well, boys at that time, right. um, you know, and just to get that feeling of love, you mm -hmm. know, and I didn't realize at the time that that actually had to come from an internal source, which was me. Right, <laughs> right. So I was always seeking that recognition and approval from everyone else around me. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, there's there's um, two points to that, right? Because I think you're right. A lot of us um, self-loving or loving ourselves is something that a lot of us lack. That That's very true. But it also is important for people to love us too, right? Or for us to feel loved externally mm -hmm. as well. Because I think we are born and built to have relationships, right? Yeah. And so when, when uh, relationships are fractured um, like that, it does cause a big hole. And it's, it's so much easier for us to go to the negative, right? I, f I forgot, I was reading some studies, but they were like, it's like a high percentage of us will only hear the negative and never the positive that people tell us, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it's because we're always so self-critical to begin with. So you started, so you left home at 18. Is that when the hard drugs started coming in? Or what age were you when that started? It was my mid-20s. I think I was about 25. Oh, okay. so you were in your 20s already. Okay. Yes. Um, so I went a few years where I would just, you know, dabble around with, you know, milder drugs uh, back then, you know, marijuana, acid, that kind of stuff. But of course, you know, 
after that I needed more. And that's mm -hmm. unfortunately mm -hmm. what happens with most people who fall into addiction is it gets progressively worse right. because alcohol wasn't working anymore. And right. so, you know, when I started using cocaine, it actually allowed me to drink without suffering the consequences of a blackout because I could prolong my drinking. So now I could drink all night and I could use and I felt wow. sharp. And so it was just another thing to add to the mix of the addictions. And, you know, I talk often about um, cross addictions. And a lot of times we go from one addiction to another to mm -hmm. another, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't just stop at one because we're always looking for that that substance or that something right. to numb those emotions and not have to feel. That's so true. I was actually speaking to someone who um, is a recovering uh, alcoholic and they got then into addiction of food, not drugs, mm -hmm. but food. Um, so we, I guess we do do that, right? you like tend to gravitate towards something that's gonna satisfy that hole that we haven't fixed yet. Right. Because I mean, it is it takes a lot of work, I'm sure, as you're discovering that, you know, that, you know, self-care and really going in introspectively and, and trying to get this done is a lot of freaking work. Right. Super scary because, you know, you're discovering things about yourself that maybe you don't like so much, you know, um, and that's necessary, I think, in order for us to have change. Right. So you are 25. And I think that's something that's also like impactful with your story is that I think that you know, especially if there's parents listening too, don't think that just because they pass a certain age that you're good now, you don't have to worry. The truth is, is we can be adults and be addicted too. Mm -hmm. I had, like I said, I was in the medical field and I had moms who were you know, in their thirties and forties that were becoming addicted then, right? Yeah. So I think it's that self-work you're talking about. And that's why I love that you're taking everything that you've been through and now you're using it to impact the lives of other people. And I want to know more about that. So mm -hmm. what kind of work is it that you're doing right now to help others? And, and you said you were helping entrepreneurs mainly. Is that right? Yeah. So I've kind of taken a big shift over the last year. And, you know, my purpose is always kind of progressively developed as I dive deeper into the world of entrepreneurship. And for mm -hmm. the longest time, I had these limiting beliefs that who am I? to do any of this stuff and who's gonna take me seriously because I didn't quit drinking until I was 36, right? right? And that was when I finally hit my bottom and I decided to stop digging. And so after I built that foundation, I got complacent for a good five to six years. And I always felt like I had this desire to do something more, like there was mm -hmm. something more. I didn't, but I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew right. up, essentially. <laughs> and right. so I started, totally that. <laughs> I started doing that self-analysis, that self-discovery. And I thought, okay, what can I do to change, turn my life around? And I realized, okay, I need to f discover my purpose. And that's probably what I'm most passionate about is so many people have gone through so much adversity in their lives mm -hmm. and a lot of people look at that as a negative they think oh it's gonna the stigma right it's gonna follow me around forever no one's gonna take me per like right. me, me um you know seriously? what i'm trying to say here seriously yeah and uh <laughs> and i realize that that's not true in fact the experience that i've went through actually has been the key to my success yeah. because yeah that's more experience than many people go through. And so once I figured that out, I thought, what if I could help people in recovery that are the same as me, that feel like they're meant for something more, but they don't know what that more is. What if I could help them find that through some simple Good. exercises? 
And that's where I started. And I realized that when I could help people to do that, not only because I had done it for myself, it would actually probably lessen their chances of a relapse because I have absolutely no desire to drink today, right? right. Because so I've discovered my purpose, because right. I'm other people centered, there is not one part of me that wants to go back there. I've created a life so good for myself that I don't want to go back. So that's what I try to do for others. And I believe in the world of entrepreneurs, right? We have these limiting beliefs. We suffer from imposter syndrome. Yep. And I want to help people through, you know, brain and mind science, like we talked about. Mm -hmm. I'm learning so much stuff and help them get rid of that so they know they actually have a ton of potential. Right. So let me ask you, let me back, a, back up a little bit. Mm -hmm. How did you actually get through? I mean, I know that your your husband had said, I'm not doing the hard drug thing, right? So, but but that doesn't mean you just stop. So how did you like get through that part and then the part of the drinking? Because I think people need to understand that there is a process, mm -hmm. right? Some people now, I have spoken to not many, but a couple that have, that have stopped cold turkey because, you know, they were losing everything, their families and everything, and they just stopped. And that might work for some people, but that doesn't work for everyone. So I'd like to know your journey on that. Absolutely. So after I got married, my ex-husband now, but husband at the time, he and I drank everywhere, right? And it, we could, we went to the movies, we had some vodka with us everywhere we went, we had a beer in our hands. That was just our lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And it was fun until it wasn't, you know, right, our right. relationship had a lot of problems. We weren't able to communicate effectively unless he was drinking and it started to wear on me. And, you know, the addiction uh, went to food as well. And at one point, because I was probably drinking about 5,000 calories of alcohol per weekend, and that wasn't wow. addition to the week. And then eating on top of that, because I didn't feel beautiful anymore, right? I didn't feel loved. I didn't get attention from him. And so actually at the end, which was about uh, six years into our marriage, I sat on the floor with a bottle of pills in my hand and I just thought I'm done. I can't do this, right? I was 215 pounds. I was, we were financially bankrupt. I was severely depressed. I'd been medicated for it before and I just did, had no desire to live. And I actually sat, I had a pug, a little dog, and he was the cutest thing ever. And he was sitting beside me and call it divine intervention. But in that moment, I remember looking down at him and just sobbing and he tilted his head like they do. And it's almost mm -hmm. like he was like, mom, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Like, you're better than this. And something within me decided to change, right? Yeah. And the interesting part about my early recovery journey is I still had no idea that I had a drinking problem. I might have known, but I didn't want to recognize that because I wasn't homeless, right? I wasn't drinking right. alcohol out of a brown paper bag. And right. that was the perception, right? And I think that's why a lot of people don't get help today because they think, well, I don't have a problem. I've kind of got it together. But the reality was I didn't. And so I actually hired a personal trainer and got a gym membership in 2012 because I thought, if I could only fix how I looked on the outside, that would heal who I was in the inside because I hated myself. And so I started on this journey and what I didn't know at the time is the personal trainer that I hired, I actually went to high school with, we were in gymnastics together, we were terrible. Um, so we had a good laugh about that. We were able to develop a friendship, but she was in recovery. Oh. And so over the six months that we started working together, she knew because I would have to log all my food, again, all in mentality, right? The addiction took hold in a different form. 
I would log everything. And I actually, on the weekends, because alcohol was still that, that problem, I would have nine beer every weekend, three per night, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I would come home and drink half a bottle of NyQuil cold medication to pass out. But on Monday, when I had to report my week, my food journal, I only had nine beer and I wanted to shout that from the rooftop. Right, right, right. <laughs> now, a good sign to know if you have a problem is anybody who doesn't, doesn't have to go justifying how much they did or did not right. drink. Right. I didn't realize that because right. I was really proud of it. Nice. But uh, she had planted the bug in my ear because she knew, right? Nobody brags about only having nine beer in a weekend. <laughs> Nobody right. does. Right. <laughs> and once that seed had been planted, I had one really last long bender weekend um, when I didn't have time to work out. I'd gone away for the weekend and I realized in that moment I needed help. Like I couldn't function how I was anymore. Right. Right. So did you, did you go to a program or something or? I did. I uh, took part in a 12 step program and Perfect. best thing I ever did. Yeah. Um, it really taught me how to build that foundation. It taught me how to have faith that my mm -hmm. needs will always be met. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I cleared my past. I own the life I had created for myself. I love that. I love that. And learned how to help other people. <laughs> I love that though. I love that you said that, that you owned it. I love that. I always say that, you know, own your stuff and you will get further. Mm -hmm. Own your stuff, you know? There's nothing to be ashamed of. In fact, it makes you more relatable, mm -hmm. right? It is extremely hard for someone to come to you with an addiction problem if you've never had an addiction problem. Yes, I'm not saying that professionals can't do it. Of course they can. This is what they go to school for. They study it, I get it. But there's a difference though, right? Um, tomorrow, when somebody comes to you, you can relate. Like you literally know what it felt like to sit there with that bottle of pills and say, that's it, I'm done. Yeah. Right. And for somebody to relate to you, they have to know that mm -hmm. because when they come to you, they won't feel shame. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's like some of the big things we have to remove in our life anyway. Shame is one of them. Right. Yeah. How did you start the work on you, though? 12 step program is awesome. Now, I've, I know a lot of people who've done it and they always go to that first. They always say the 12 step program has saved their life. Mm -hmm. So I highly recommend that if anybody is listening right now and you think you may have a problem just go anyway a lot of them are free and you can go and try and just see if you know it resonates with you um mm -hmm. but i think any movement is movement right yes so how did you go from this 12-step program to then saying okay i need to be a life coach i need to help people through this what was that moment I would say I took the same concepts I learned in early recovery and put them towards becoming an entrepreneur because one of the biggest things I learned early on was that we don't have to do this alone. And I had always thought that I had to run the show, right? I was in control. Mm -hmm. I was an adult. I should be able to make responsible decisions and, you know, right. be, be in charge of my own personal development. Right. But the reality is, is that we learn most from asking for help, from doing it, from from finding people who have what we want and That's watching good. what they did. And so after being complacent for those five years, I decided, okay, I need to reach out, you know? So I started going to workshops. I went down to Los Angeles, um, went to go see my coach, met a whole bunch of podcasters, you know, he's a mutual friend of ours. And they told me, they're like, Tamar, you have this voice, you have this story, you need to share this with the world. I'm like, well, who am I to do this? Right, right, like, right. <laughs> we got your back. You right. need to do this. Like yeah. you could help a lot of people. 
And so that's how it started. I started my podcast, right? And it was these little baby steps. And as I recorded the podcast, um, of course, COVID hit. I was still working a corporate job, stuck at home thinking, okay, what am I going to do now? Like now this is an opportunity. This is the universe saying, okay, you got the time. You're not traveling anymore. Like no more excuses. And so I decided I was going to educate myself. I was finally going to invest in myself. Right. right? Good. Yes. And I really honed in on what is my purpose? What do I want to do? And so I just, you know, asked, what is it that I love? What am I good at? Right? What does the world need more of? And what could I get paid for? And I'd already been helping people get sober. I'm like, well, what if I could help coach people? Because I actually had two friends say, hey, can you be my coach? I'm like, well, I'm not an actual coach yet. And they're like, we don't care. And so they became my first clients because I was sharing my journey, right? And that's what got me started into starting my own business. And that's amazing, right? Because I think that's one thing that I'm learning as well. I've coached a lot of people not knowing I was coaching them, you know, and I lead a team now of about 20 people and I'm constantly coaching them. (laughs) And I'm just like, you know, I'm already a coach. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, and I have people now, same thing with, with me. Friends are like, can you coach me? I'm like, well, I'm not really certified coach yet. And they're like, no, 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 I don't care. Like, just coach me. I'm like, all right, let's get on a call. You know, but it's amazing, right? When you find your calling and what you find, what you've been through that has created the person you are today. And I always say, I own my story too, because that story is what's going to impact the life of someone else. Mm -hmm. And tomorrow, let's be real. If you can help one person, you've done your job. You've done your job, right? You're not, you're not um, out to like, let me, let me just do 1 billion people because without that, I'm not, I don't have any purpose. That's not true. I always feel like do one at a time and you will, you will, your life will be great. Like for me anyway, that's the way I see it. I always believe in the audience of one. So when I go do these talks and do all the stuff that I do, I always think of the one. Is there one person in here that is going to have something change in their life because of something I said, then it's worth it right? And your life up to this point was for a reason. Don't waste it, right? And so anyone who is listening to me and Tamara speaking, we have been through some stuff, but you know what? We are using it to impact you because you're listening. And so if you have been through some stuff, you have a story too, and it's okay to have a voice, right? Tamara, do you agree? 100%. 100%. It's, you know, when you learn how to be authentic and vulnerable, it's amazing the impact you can make. And I'm the same as you, right? If there's one person listening, that's like, hey, you know what, I can stop drinking too. Mm -hmm. It's worth it. So powerful. So powerful. Now, I want to know a little bit more before I let you go about your podcast and about your book, if you don't mind touching on that. So let's start with your book. Let's talk to me about your book. Okay, so uh, last year, I decided out of encouragement from the support group that I had gotten, they said, you really should share your story. You've got a book here. And I'd always had this desire to write one. So my mm-hmm. first book was called Hope Elevated, which shares nice. my, you know, 20 year history of moving through addiction, you know, and everything that I had become addicted to. And I go briefly into recovering what that looked like. And that actually inspired me shortly after to write my second book, which is called Beyond Recovery. 
And because I realized that there's this amazing life beyond recovery, right? A lot of people get trapped in this bubble. They settle for a life they don't want and they relapse. And I really want to stop that from happening and bring more awareness to that. So, good. so I wrote those two books last year and it was probably the best experience I've ever gone yeah. through. You know, publishing Hope Elevated was the biggest high I've ever <laughs> experienced in my life because so I good. never thought I could do it. Right. How good is that though, right? That means alcohol and drugs has nothing on success, right? Yeah. Isn't that amazing? All right. And so you have, you wait, did you just say you wrote both of those books last year? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm so jealous right now. <laughs> I'm so jealous. I wrote one book and the second book is still being written. I have not gotten back to it. Good for you. Thank That's you. That's amazing. Good for you. And so a uh, Beyond Recovery is the name of your podcast, right? Yes, The Road Beyond Recovery. I actually started with The Road to Health because when I was traveling for my corporate job, food was an ongoing challenge for me. And so I started sharing my journey and using my coach's techniques and strategies to re regain control over my health on the road. And then, mm. of course, when COVID hit, I got the idea to write the book and I was starting my business. So I thought, perfect, I'm going to share my story on the podcast, right? Because it was still the road to health. Right. But in that time, my podcast coach said, Tamar, like you have people asking you how to start a business, how to grow a Facebook group, how to do all this stuff. Like it's time to, to switch it up a little bit. And I knew in my heart, I wasn't going back to my corporate <laughs> job. I knew that this would be the year I stopped. And so right. the road beyond recovery, I talked to entrepreneurs and you know people who have overcome addiction and adversity and or adversity, I should say, and they they've discovered their purpose as a result and you know so at good. the same time you get business strategies and yeah. all this cool stuff that you can use to inspire you and to build a better life for yourself yeah oh that's so good and you know what the best part about that is is that you can so relate on both term on both ends right the, the entrepreneurship and the recovery part and yeah. that's really powerful because a lot of entrepreneurs won't admit what they've been through because it will it hurt their job will it hurt their business it won't it won't and anything it makes you more real it makes you more real right because mm -hmm. everybody has a problem everybody has something they're going through and they so most people wish they could talk about it right but if you can talk about it talk about it right? Yeah. So I am so proud of you. And I'm proud of everything you are doing and, and the way you are impacting lives. That's why I love what I do. And I know you love what you do, because we get to speak to people that impact the lives of someone else. And you're like, heck, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. heck, yeah, you know, so good for you. Bravo, bravo on your books and on what you're doing with your podcast. And so if people want to find out more about what you're doing, your life coaching, all of that great stuff, listen to your podcast, go ahead and give us all of your information please absolutely so the best way to get a hold of me is to just visit my website it's www.theroadforward.ca i have all my social media handles down below and then for the podcast it's anywhere that you listen to podcasts so um it's the road beyond recovery that's so good and give us the name of your books again beyond recovery and hope elevated and they're that's all on right. amazon yeah. And all done in last year. That's all right. right. A little jelly, little jelly over <laughs> here, but I'll get through it. 
<laughs> I'm so glad you spent time with me here, Tamar. Thank you so much for your time, really. I know it's precious. It's precious to me anyway. Thank you. That was impactful. So, guys, I want to thank you guys so much as well for listening and watching. Don't forget to subscribe. Leave us a review so that we know how you feel, how, you know, what's going on out there in the world. And we want to make sure that we give you impact always. So thank you so much for being here. This is Nina Perez. This is Straight Talk. No sugar added. Until next time. Make sure that you visit our website at Straight Talk No Sugar Added, where you can subscribe to our show on iTunes and Stitcher or anywhere you listen to your podcast or on YouTube so you'll never miss a show. And while you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you simply tell a friend about our show, that would be awesome too. If you like this show, you might want to check out our book as well. It's Hit Me With Your Best Shot, How I Overcame a Hard-Hitting Life. I am Nina Perez, and I am here for you. If you are looking for private coaching, make sure that you email me at hello at straighttalknosugaraddit.com. Until next time. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.